Hello and welcome to the Raising Men Show. I'm your host, Craig Carlisle. Well, I keep saying the host. I'm one of your hosts, Craig Carlisle. This week, we're going to be playing an excerpt from a time I was able to speak at the Weapons of Mass Destruction. It's a great ministry that I'm a part of, led by Apostle Morinda Williams. The boys and I will be right back in studio in a couple weeks, but check out this, the teaching I did on false teachers. So hopefully you guys will be able to see the presentation and probably me on off to the side in your presentation. And we're dealing, you know, continuing in the, in the same talk where Apostle Rorinda has got us in right now, dealing with false teachers. And those are the three scriptures we're going to be spending most of our time on tonight, unless the Lord gives us, you know, someplace else to go, which I would not be surprised, but we're going to continue to go on anyway. Initially, I had put in there a different title until a few moments ago, but we believe that this is what the Lord wants us to have as false teachers. Now, if you had been with us for the past few weeks, we're going to do a quick week recap of where we've been. Pastor has brought in some, some different speakers for us, and we'll be continuing to bring in speakers. We've been talking about end time prophecy. We've been talking about the Antichrist or the spirit of the Antichrist. We've also been talking about false teachers. This is where we really are. So when you, for me, when I hear people sometimes start talking about revelations and end time prophecy and things like that, it can make you feel some kind of way, especially if we haven't spent some time actually reading the book of Revelation. So if you're one of those ones who are like me, who haven't done a whole lot of Revelation study or reading because if it's scary or I don't know if it's just, just all of the symbols inside of the book of Revelation makes you feel some kind of way or nervous it's, it's okay. But when we t- continue to talk about that here in weapons, it's, it's from a standpoint of love and a standpoint of knowledge here. So we're not trying to make anyone feel like, oh my gosh, we should be afraid that the world's coming to an end. No, we're trying to give you the knowledge that you need to know. And Apostle Warren has been establishing in the, over the last few weeks that the spirit of the Antichrist is in the world already. And so, <clears throat> For some of us may be thinking, okay, fine, who loosely heard stories about there being Antichrist stories given in the in Revelations, how the Antichrist is coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, oh my gosh, he's coming into the world. She didn't establish and say that the Antichrist is active in standing in, in his position right now as a being. What it was is that the spirit of the Antichrist, and we're going to get into that, we're going to deal with that a lot during this particular study. And we're going to be spending a lot of time dealing in... First Timothy 4, so I'll make sure we go there first. So if you have your Bibles, whether it be the fast ones, electronic ones, or if you have any other type of verse uh, version, please be ready for that. I may be looking for volunteers. If you have questions or comments, you can either raise your hand or open your mic. It's just going to be, I want it to be very informal, like everything else we have here, an opportunity for us all to learn and to grow. As we go in, as part of the recap, we talk about anti-antichrist, spirit of the antichrist, dictionary okay those who don't know me those who will continue to know me i'm a big word guy i want to know what the word means the logos the the word what's the meaning behind the word and logos is going to be you know it's the hebrew word for um it's the hebrew word for word and meaning word of god and we'll get into that as well but i want to know what the word says because when we are in settings like this and if we haven't been doing our studies or we're in our churches or we're watching people on different zoom calls youtube or whatever there's a great, we can easily get caught up in how a person speaks and they're, they're maybe dancing around, jumping around or whatever they're doing. They're just sitting there. We can get easily caught up and take everything that that person has to say for the exact word. 
But if we're not reading and spending the time ourselves to get an understanding of what these words mean, we're going to not know what they're truly saying, and we're going to be held accountable for a lack of knowledge. So here, we're going to go in the, where dictionary.com talks about anti, we're putting this with the spirit of the antichrist. This is a person who is opposed to a particular practice, party, or policy, or action. This is opposed to God. So this is a, the antichrist is a person, the spirit, the being who's going to be in opposition of God. So when we're dealing with it over the last few weeks in, in, in a lot of this study tonight, we're talking about the spirit of the Antichrist. It's the spirit that opposes God. So as we're talking about the spirit that opposes God, when did it come into the world? Yes, it's been in the world for quite some time, and we're going to deal, we're going to show you that in Scripture where the spirit of the Antichrist actually entered this present world. So there's no question and no fears. Oh my gosh, we're talking Reverend in time prophecy. No, we're going to go back to Genesis and see where that came in. So we're talking here, Antichrist, yes, is a person who is opposed to Christ, the spirit of the Antichrist. It's a mindset. It's a spirit. It's a being that wants us to be able to be in opposition of God. And of course, it's two different things, the spirit of, which is motion and principle and being in choice. And there's the Antichrist, the actual person of being who has yet to actually appear in this age. Is everybody okay for the ground rules that we've got so far? Yes. Okay. And as we get the last point of the slide here is that the spirit of the Antichrist is about choice. It's, it's our choice. It's the choices that we begin to make. Are we making choices that are in alignment with God or are they choices that are opposite God or in opposition of who God is or what his word is actually shown? Okay. We wanted to we talk about when did the spirit of Antichrist come into the world? And, you know, when you start hearing that, it's like, oh my gosh, it's not just a revelation thing. No, it started way back in Genesis. So we don't have to turn to Genesis. I'm going to read it here. It's just very, very brief. I want you to focus on the three scriptures that I gave. But if those who wanted to turn as well, you can turn to Genesis 3 and 6. It's, we're dealing with Adam and Eve when they ate the fruit. When, when in the story, I'm sure a lot of us have heard, I and mean, you deal with that story, Jesus gave Adam and Eve free dominion over everything in the garden. And he told them, look, you can do anything you want. You can have anything you want. You can eat anything you want, except for that one thing in the corner, that tree. And we don't know if it's corner, sitting in the garden, wherever the tree was, you cannot have that fruit. You can't touch it. Don't even look at it. It's not even for you. And I'm sure like most of us, when we were kids, whether it be 100 years ago or just yesterday, when someone tells us the thing that we can't have, that's the one thing that we always seem to want. I got new puppies, and they, whenever we, we find something that is new to them or something that they know they can't have, that's the one thing that they seem to be just bit on getting. And that's unfortunately what Adam and Eve did. And in three, Genesis 3, 6, it says, that's a reading from, forgive me for not putting the translation here. I believe this is the King James, I believe, or, or NIV. It says, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and, then, and it was delightful to look at, and a tree to be desired in order to make one wise and insightful, she took some of its fruit and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband with her, and he ate it. Now, there's so often in, in scripture, we deal with this particular passage and what happens next, the curse and the fall of man. And we deal with this as being, you know, of course, the curse and the fall of man. And this is where, you know, things became bad for us. Yes, that is true. 
But at the same time, we want to know where the spirit of the Antichrist, the spirit that was in opposition of God came into being. It starts right here because both Adam and Eve both knew that they weren't supposed to do that. They weren't supposed to look upon the tree. They weren't supposed to touch it. They weren't supposed to eat of the fruit. So they did something in their mind that was opposite of God, and they went ahead and ate from the tree. Now, what's important here, and again, we're not going to be talking about the fall of man and the curse that was associated with it, because the curse didn't befall man until Adam ate it. The curse was still, we were still okay when Eve ate it, but because Adam followed through and he knew what he was doing, that's when that particular curse or the fall of man took place. But the spirit of the Antichrist entered the world at this point here at their thought process, the decision-making to to move against God and opposite God before they actually ate it. Everybody still with me there? Okay, because it's key that there's two pieces here, but they go together but they're distinctly different. And we, we can, I wish we could go back and say, well, what would have happened if they hadn't eaten it? Would the spirit of the Antichrist still be in the world? Well, yeah, because they wanted to do something against God. And, in, and it says that even if Eve ate it, she would have already had done it, but the curse would not have come. But we can't deal with that because it already happened. It's too late. Okay. We're going to spend the next part of our time in, in dealing now with false teachers because we have to set the stage to know what the spirit of the Antichrist is doing and is, is in the world and wants to do. And we need to also spend time now marrying the spirit of the Antichrist up with false teachers. Now, what is important for us to, to do and listen to and hear and know as we move forward is the spirit of the Antichrist doesn't exactly mean that they're all coming through these false teachers. Yes, they are influenced by the spirit of the Antichrist. They may not be the Antichrist because only will be one Antichrist as far as mind understanding of revelation there will be one antichrist but the spirit of the antichrist is numerous across everyone and it's in ours because of our fallen nature we have our minds that are sometimes set against the knowledge of god so we we wrestle against flesh and blood we wrestle against the knowledge of what we're supposed to do for god that makes sense and so we're in here with first timothy four <clears throat> we're going to read the first five verses here and this is coming from the the passion translation So as we deal with false teachers, we need to understand what the false teachers are doing and how to know what a false teacher looks like. Yes, that's that's the part of our observation. That's the part where the warning comes in. That's the part where the prophecy comes in, the discernment comes in, so we understand what we're looking for. That's why we're here on Tuesday nights for training. We're here to know what and learn what we're supposed to be warring again. This is, again, this is weapons of mass destruction. So we have to know what we're trying to destroy. And if we don't know, then we're not doing our good job as being teachers and learners. So here we're trying to learn and understand what we're looking for. But then there's the spirit of the Antichrist portion is our responsibility and how we respond to these false teachers. That makes sense? Everybody with me? Okay. Cause it's, a, cause it's a two part thing. It's, it's, I'm a, I'm a preacher's kid. So it was always easy in church to watch folks say that the preacher said that the preacher said that the preacher did, he did all these wonderful things that folks didn't want to take responsibility about their relationship with Christ, but that's what the Lord wants from us. He wants the relationship. So we have to understand what's our part. Dealing with the spirit of enterprise is our part, how we deal. And, but we are also need to make sure what we're looking for. So let's read on first Timothy four, starting at verse one, the Holy spirit 
is it has explicitly revealed at the end of this age, many will depart from the true faith, one after another, devoting themselves to spirits of deception, spirit of Antichrist, spirits of deception, and following demon-inspired revelations and theories. Again, spirit of the Antichrist here, okay? Hypocritical liars will deceive many, and their consciences won't bother them at all. They will require celibacy and dietary restrictions that God doesn't expect, for he created all foods to be received with the celebration of faith by those who fully know the truth. We know that all creation is beautiful to God, and there is nothing to be refused if it was received with gratitude. All that we eat is made sacred by the word of God in prayer. The word of God, there was logos. Logos, we're going to be dealing with word here because anti is the word there means pseudo logos, means opposite of God, opposite of the word of God. Okay. So in this scripture here, it talks about what does what's going to happen. It talks about spirits of deception are going to come to, to pass, people are going to fall away. Man, this sure does sound like end time, sound like revelation, but it's not. This is First Timothy. This is several, this is many, 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 many years before Revelations actually was written out as a prophetic statement, but the warning was already given. Are we there? Are we get still with me? Okay. Somebody else. Somebody wave a hand, otherwise I called nine one one. Somebody died out there. So, you froze okay. for a second. Did I? Okay. Yeah. So, okay. So if we miss something, let me go back a second. So I wanted to make sure we're clear that that this warning that we're talking about may be sounding like Revelation, but it's Timothy. Okay. It's First Timothy. It's his. It's his message to the one of the churches that he was giving instruction to. And and the important part here is that he was leading and running this church from a distance. It wasn't necessarily a Zoom call, but he wasn't there present. He would have had to have taken a boat and walked and or ridden on the back of an animal or two or three. There wasn't mass transit, but he was running this church from a distance where even modern day, if we don't sometimes have our favorite pastor, even or on Tuesday nights, Pastor Apostle Werner is not teaching. So some people may not show up because, well, I got that crazy dude. He, he's teaching tonight. I want to hear Apostle Rorinda speak. Well, this is what we're dealing with here is that our leaders are allowing us to be taught and equipping us to be able to stand on our own. We don't need to hear that same person speak all the time because we're already, we're being taught the knowledge to stand on our own, to know what's coming. And Timothy's given the word here of what's coming. We good here? One of the things that stood out to me was the wording here, hypocritical liars. And I was thinking, man, that's, that's pretty big to leave that out there. And I started looking at what is, you know, what does that really look like? And what does that really mean? So I went back and the, just the whole thought of being a hypocrite is a person who pretends to have virtue or moral or religious beliefs and principles, but they don't really have it. They're, they're, they're being a fake or a fraud. And my mom used to say, putting up fronts, right? And I, I really, I hate to use the word, hey, but I hate a liar. You know, I really, when I'm raising my boys, I'm trying to let them know you you could be anything else, but don't be a liar. Because if you're not telling me the truth, I don't, I can't trust you. I don't know if anything that you're telling me after that point is even true. But for Timothy to use the words in this passage that that these false teachers are hypocritical liars, just in itself, it's almost like an oxymoron. He's using 
another word to basically describe itself because a hypocrite is a person that pretends to have something virtuously and a liar is a person who's not telling the truth so if i'm pretending to have something and i'm not telling the truth it doesn't make it go together and become the truth no it's someone who's pretending to have something that they're not and even in their pretending they're lying so they're a criminal who's pretending to be righteous in the front in the sight of man and i'm telling you lies at the same time so using the 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 passion translation i put it together it's like man a hypocritical liar really are liars or people who pretend to tell the truth and pretend to have virtues or morals or religious belief but their actions show otherwise and that's what's key here is that so when we're looking at what and understanding what a false teacher is false prophet is we have to be able to understand what they're supposed to be what what's the plumb line what's the example of what they're supposed to be we weren't there in jesus's time and no one has seen god and lived that we're aware of and or i mean there are some people that have seen god in a way okay we know enoch was raptured up so we don't want to go there but i tell you in our modern era i don't know anyone anyone that's seen god and lived okay and if someone tells you that they've seen god we have to kind of go hmm what does scripture say about that so we need to understand what our word says because if that person is a hypocrite and they're they're being something that they're not and they're lying to you if we don't spend time in the word and know for ourselves what the word says we'll never know if they're lying or not you follow me amen so it's it's our responsibility to understand the word to read the word and be able to then ask the lord to reveal us to us what's going on give us the discernment give us that rhema word give us the understanding of what the scripture means to us because it's not apostle warenda's responsibility to make sure that each one of us know the word no she's leading us to god it's it's our responsibility to pick up our bible or look online if we're using the fast bibles and and spend that time ourselves learning those of us who love king james I look back at that, it says in King James, that same passage, one to five, it talks, the word there is hypocrisy of liars. And I thought, man, that's really weird. Why would you use the term hypocrisy there? Because it, it, it's really almost a conceptual thing dealing with a liar. And it, in there, the wording there, I had to kind of write it out for myself. So I understood what hypocrisy of liars meant. And it was a liar's attempt to make something seem virtuous, moral, or religious. And that's really what the the spirit of the Antichrist is doing <clears throat> to us and with us in so many cases where we may think a, a pastor or a group or is good or bad for one thing or another, or they may get up on their videos or on stage and platforms and tell us something that God said that God really didn't say. Or if he said it, they're lying about it and it's incorrect. It doesn't weigh properly against scripture. But we wouldn't know that unless we're learning, unless we're reading. <clears throat> so we have that responsibility. Okay. Let's keep moving. We talked about this. We must study the word, the logos, the word of God. So, and we, I know some of us use the, the scripture a lot. And I laugh because I've been in Zoom calls, I've been in, you know, these these rooms and stuff on Clubhouse and stuff. And in Indian churches, people say, oh, well, know the truth and it will make us free. And I'm like, I get it. But how will you know something unless you spend some time, you know, studying it? How would you know if it was true? How would you know if 
if that really made sense unless you actually spent the time. Do you even know what that scripture actually said? And the way that John 8, 31 to 32 reads out in the Passion Translation is that Jesus said to the Jews who believed him. So that's, that even in itself is a crazy statement because when Jesus is talking, he's talking to a group of people at this time. And they, of course, they were Jewish people. And some of them were Jewish leaders. Some of them were just plain average Joe Jews. And some of us were just disciples at the same time. But it didn't say that all the Jews believed him. So Jesus, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all I teach you, you prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. Surprised by this, they said, but we're the descendants of Abraham. We're already, we're already free. See, there, see there's, a, there's a statement I had to even stop right there. Because sometimes when you talk to people in church, and I'm sure, Apostle, you've gone through this a lot more than any one of us. So when people, you're up there preaching and teaching, some folks in the audience or on the Zoom calls, they think that they're, they're entitled to something that they already got without having to work for it. Or a person who's, who comes from affluence or money, they may think, oh, I don't have to worry about paying for that. I've got mine handled. If we think we have a certain financial status or some other position of power, or we may not even have a pot to piss in, or my mom would say, or a window to throw it out of, but we think that we're too good to actually have to study. And that's what these people believed here. I don't have to worry about this. I'm already free. But he's not talking about a slavery that they were they were they were in, and I and I was gonna deal with slavery initially in my notes, and then I put it away. I thought, well, maybe we won't deal with slavery because maybe some people will feel some kind of way, and I don't want to polarize the people. But we got to deal with it right here because we're talking about slavery, and 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 how Jesus gave the children of Israel into slavery as a punishment for their sin. So I started thinking, well, slavery is not from God because if we're children of the most high God. We weren't slaves in heaven. We were, we were with God. He, we were his creation. So we were there with him. So, but the, but he, his permissive will of, of God allowed the children of Israel to be tossed into slavery and bondage because they were disobedient. They weren't listening to him. They weren't paying attention. They had given over themselves over to the spirit of the antichrist there. So they were moving in opposition of God. So God said, well, you know what? Well, I'm, I'm going to say it that way he said, but, but God's plan was, I need to get the Jews' attention. And the best way sometimes to get our attention is to take away our freedom, to kind of arrest us in a position where we can't go anywhere. Don't allow us to leave our house and, and don't allow, and force us to have to wear masks and force us to, you know, get shots and, and, and stay in our homes because we need to get ourselves focused on the things of God, the truth, and, and, and spend some time getting to be right there. We're not talking about, at any point, pandemic, because some of us need a shot in the arm with our, our values and our thought processes towards God. That makes sense? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Amen. So John 8, 31 and 32, again, said, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in, these are the ones that believed in him believed in Jesus, who followed him. When you continue to embrace all that I teach you, you prove that you're my followers. For if you embrace, welcome, follow after, get a hold of, it will release true freedom into your lives. So surprised by this, 
But we're the, they said, well, we're the descendants of Abraham. We are already free. We've never been in bondage to anyone. How could you say that we will be released into more freedom? They were still in bondage in their mindset and in their spirits because of the spirit of the Antichrist. They didn't have, have any concept that they were doing anything wrong. So it goes back to what we just read in, in 1 Timothy 4, where in doing things wrong, they had no conscience for us. They had no conscience, no thought in their morality, on their spirit, that they had were doing anything wrong and were in bondage in any way, slaves in their thought process. Okay? We can't be at that place where we think that we're so that, that we don't need anything new. No one else can teach us anything. That, that I don't need anything from anyone. I got this. It's not a good place to be. That, that, is, that in itself is an evidence that we are falling into or giving ourselves over to the spirit of the Antichrist. We're in our minds that that's in opposition of God. Okay. King James Version. It's going to read it briefly. Those who love King James, I do too. I'm into the word. When Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, if you continue in my word, Logos, word, you are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Again, they were having an anti-Christ mindset. Those, those Jews that spoke out against him, a pseudo-Logos mindset, opposite of God, pretending to be like God, pretending to be like the word. And God is, Jesus was talking here in a pure worldly experience, helping them understand where they needed to be. Okay. And when you get to verse, verses 6 to 12, Timothy begins to deal with our conduct and how we are, how we are, our, how we need to be disciplined in our mindset to help us battle and wrestle against this antichrist mindset. Okay. Reading here. So move over to 4 uh, verses 6 through 12. We're going to read them here quickly and we're going to step back and forth. Okay. Again, still from the TPT. If you will teach, the believers these things. You'll be known as faithful and good ministers of Jesus, the anointed one. Nurture others in living in the living words of faith and in the knowledge of grace which you were taught. Again, we talked in the first five verses about what a, what a false teacher would look like. He's giving us the blueprint now of what a true teacher will look like. If you teach the believers these things, you will be known as a faithful and good minister of Jesus, the anointed one. Nurture others in living words of faith. Don't curse them out. Don't speak bad to them. He says, nurture others in the living words of faith and in the knowledge of grace which you were taught. Be quick to abstain. It means to stop. Be quick to not do and refrain from senseless traditions Okay, we're going to stop right there because there's senseless traditions that we do in some churches that had nothing to do with God. It's not based on anything but a religious value, a senseless tradition. Sometimes uh, people, even people see people uh, take salt and I'll throw it over my shoulder as, oh, it's good luck, or I wear good luck charms, or I'll put some form of a symbol over my door. Unless it was blood from a fatted calf on your doorpost to save with a death angel passed over. And we're not in a Passover period right now where we're instructed to do those specific things. Then there's no ritual or tradition that would make sense or any legend that makes sense here. So if you, if you hear some of the old folks that we do some things here 
to save us or, or do some things here to protect us or if you know people that are practicing in witchcraft and there are other types of satanic beliefs those are legends and traditions that have nothing to do with god so in itself is already showing you that there is that they are false teachers 